Chapter Seventeen of Bow Brocade by Baroness Emma Orksey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. A faithful friend. How long he stood there on the spur of the hill, he could not afterwards have told. It may have been a few seconds. Perhaps it was an eternity during those few seconds or that eternity the world was recreated for him for him it became more beautiful than he had ever conceived it in his dreams a woman's smile had changed it into an earthly paradise a new and strange happiness filled his being and set brain and sinews on fire a happiness so great that his heart well-nigh broke with the burden of it and the bitter longing for what could never be the cry of a moorhen thrice repeated at intervals roused him from his dreams john stitch he murmured i wonder now what brings him out to-night and with a final sigh of deep regret a defiant toss of the head Beau brocade turned jack-o'-lantern's head northwards whence the cry had come there a rough track scarce perceptible amongst the bracken led straight up to the forge of john stitch horse and rider knew every inch of the way although for the moment the fitful moon still hid her light behind a bank of clouds and the mist now enveloped the moor in a thick mantle of gloom soon the sensitive ears of the highwaymen accustomed to every sound had perceived heavy footsteps on the unbeaten track and presently a burly figure detached itself from the darkness beyond and came rapidly forward odds my life but it's friend john said beau brocade with a great show of severity zounds but this is rank insubordination how dare you follow me on the heath you villain and leave your noble guest unprotected what his lordship is safe enough captain said the smith who at sight of the young man had heaved an obvious sigh of relief and i could not rest until i'd seen you again faith you can't do that in this confounded mist eh john quoth bathurst lightly but his fresh young voice had softened with a quaint tenderness whilst he looked down smiling at the upturned face of his devoted friend well what about my friend the sergeant and the soldiers eh he added gaily oh the sergeant is too sick to speak rejoined the smith earnestly but the man thou you're a rebel lord those that were fit walked down to brassington directly after you left one man who was wounded in the arm started for aldwark they've gone to get help captain either more soldiers or loafers from the villages who may be tempted by the reward they'll scour this heath for you from aldwark to the crossroads and from brassington to worksworth and and so much the better friend stitch for while they hunt for me his lordship will be safe 
but have a care captain they're determined men now for you've fooled them twice be guy but you've never been in so tight a corner before pshaw quoth beau brocade lightly life is none too precious a boon for me that i should make an effort to save it captain murmured stitch reproachfully there friend john added the young man with that same touch of almost womanly tenderness that had endeared him to the heart of honest stitch there there have no fear for me i tell thee man they'll not get me on this heath think you the firs and bracken the heron or peewit would betray me me their friend not they i am safe enough he continued while a strange ring of excitement made his young voice quiver let them after me and leave her brother in peace and then john when he is safe perhaps i may see her smile once more hey ho a fool am i friend a fool i tell thee fit for the gallows tree outside thy forge john said nothing he could not see jack's face in the gloom and did not understand his wild mad mood but his faithful heart ached to hear the ring of bitter longing in the voice of his friend there was a moment's pause whilst bathurst made a visible effort to control his excitement then he said more calmly here john take this money friend he dived in the pocket of his big caped coat and then placed in john's hand the two bags of money he had extracted from master midichip and his clerk i've just got it from a blood-sucking agent of sir humphrey challoner's tis money wrung from poor people who can ill afford it ay ay quoth john with a sigh i want two guineas to go to mistress haddocken who has just lost her husband the poor wretch is nigh to starving then thirty shillings are for the widow coggins up hardington way those bloodsuckers took her last shilling yesterday wilt see to it friend john ay ay the rest is for the poor box at aldwark this time perhaps there'll be more before the morn captain hush don't begin to lecture john said beau brocade with curious earnestness i tell thee friend there's madness in my veins to-night i pray thee go back home and leave me to myself don't send me away captain pleaded john i-i am uneasy and dear kind faithful john murmured bathurst zounds but i'm an ungrateful wretch for i vow thou dost love me friend you know i do captain i-i-i'd give nay nothing interrupted jack quickly give me nothing but that love of thine friend it is more precious than life but i pray thee let me be to-night i swear to thee i'll do no harm i'll see thee in the morn john i'll be safe never fear john stitch sighed he knew that further protest was useless already beau brocade had turned jack-o'-lantern's head 
once more towards the crest of the hill the smith waited a while listening while he could to the sound of the horse's hoofs on the rain-sodden earth his honest heart was devoured with anxiety both for his friend and for the brave young lady who was journeying townwards to-night suddenly it seemed to him as if far away he could hear the creaking of wheels on the distant worksworth road the air was so still that presently he could hear it quite distinctly twas her ladyship's coach no doubt plying its slow wearying way along the quaggy road it would be midway to the little town by now the narrow track on which john stood cut the road at right angles about a mile and a half away the smith took to blaming himself that he had kept her ladyship's journey a secret from beau brocade the latter was a monarch on the heath he would have kept footpads at bay watched and guarded the coach and seen it mayhap safely as far as worksworth never for a moment did the slightest fear cross the smith's mind that the notorious highwayman would stop lady patience's coach still a warning would not have come amiss perhaps it was not too late the road wound in and out a good deal skirting bogland or massive boulders john hoped that on the path he might yet come across jack-o'-lantern and his master before they had met the coach he started to run and had covered nearly a mile when suddenly he heard a shout which made his honest heart almost stop in its beating a shout followed by two pistol shots in rapid succession the shout had rung out clear and distinct in the fresh lusty voice of beau brocade stand and deliver john dared not think what the pistol-shots had meant with elbows now pressed to his sides he began running at a wild gallop along the rough unbeaten track towards the point whence shots and shout had come End of chapter seventeen